That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Welcome to Phantoms Gone Wrong. I'm Charlie. And I'm Carrie. And I'm Steven. Oh my goodness, we have another person. What's going on? Whoa! Hey, Steven. Well, I, I am delighted to be here <laughs> and be able to record this podcast with you because it happens to cover a subject that is near and dear to my crusty nerd nerd heart. I, I hope you're going to enjoy how much we're going to, like, hate on this movie. I, like... Oh, don't worry. I'm not one of those guys that thinks that um, just because I love something when I was a kid doesn't mean that it's untouchable. Like, and I've had plenty of time to think about the subject of today's podcast. Speaking of which, Charlie, what is the subject of today's podcast? Oh, thank you. Uh, this is this is Sailor Moon S, the movie Hearts on Ice. I, I think that's that's the full title, right? It's right. It's um, that was the I'm, I'm pretty sure that the Hearts of Ice tacked on by the English localization. Yeah, because it we're doing the we always do the 90s English dub for everything. But yeah, it's yep. it's that version. It's an interesting freaking movie. Stephen, why are interesting? Why? Yeah. It is not interesting. It is a bunch okay. of rehashed stuff with it's, weird storylines. It's interesting added in. for the amount of boobage. Um. Um, you mean all the naked people? Yeah. Um, I made a note. Or do you mean the nipple slip? I made a note about Princess Snow Kaguya's character design. It was, it is ridiculous and I love it. But did you catch the nipple slip? Uh, In her transformation. No, I don't think I did. When she transforms, in this version, it's an uncut version that we were watching. When she transforms from a cat to Princess Snow Kaguya, the middle scene when she becomes human and naked, there's a nipple slip. There is. They actually drew in actual nipples, she which saw is it. rare because usually they do not put nipples on these. I, they just I rewinded boobs. it because I was like, what? I don't, I didn't yeah. see that. And then I saw it. I did not notice that. And yeah. I feel better for it. Um, yeah. It was, it was kind of freaky because, you know, again, this is a cartoon that was um, aired in the U.S. and Canada for kids. It wasn't aired overseas for little kids, but it was aired here for little kids. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. A lot of the. A lot of the localization that was done for uh, Sailor Moon to be brought over to the to the West um, ended up only multiplying the creepiness factors. See the relationship between the, Uranus the cousins? and the cousins. <laughs> um, so, so Stephen, why why is this the thing that you wanted to be on for? Why why did you specifically ask me? Hey, can I be on the Sailor Moon S episode of Phantoms Gone Wrong, the movie episode? Okay. Um. So explain that. I got to explain my relationship with Sailor Moon, and I also have to explain how I was introduced to anime. Um, I first watched Sailor Moon, specifically the S season, when it was being broadcast on Toonami, the the anime programming block on Cartoon Network that effectively served as the primary introduction for a lot of kids in my generation to anime. Hmm. We saw Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z, Outlaw Star, Inuyasha, what have you. It was either Toonami or it was Adult Swim. That was our gateway to anime. And um, another gateway for me was Hollywood Video. Um, You see, kids, back in the days before we had (laughs) that just offered you everything possible on them, 
we had to go to video rental stores. And for me, <laughs> that one was Hollywood because you cannot just get movies. You can get TV shows. You could get schlock classics. You could get video games. And yes, you could also get anime. I passed by a copy of Ghost of the Shell multiple times when I was in there. So they had every, but more relevantly, they had the entire trilogy of the Sailor Moons and S was the first of the three that I saw. And at the time, it was my favorite. It's the worst of of the three. Of course, with the benefit of hindsight, I now realize R is the best of the three and is now my personal favorite because... Yori is an is an interesting antagonist. It actually gives Mamoru some character stuff to work with. And of course, you cannot beat the power of love as the ultimate good guy rock ballad in Sailor Moon. Exactly! Which is, which is the only flaw with all the remakes, all the reboots of it, all the re-dubs yeah, of it. Yeah, you have to get the Japanese songs in it. And that is... That is the best song in Sailor Moon, that one and My Only Love, but that's me. But Steven, Um, I had taste when I was a kid, and I knew that R was the best one, so I I just need to call you out on that. Um, that is fair. (laughs) Um, Shallow when I was a kid. Um, for instance, when I watched the compilation movie trilogy of Mobile Suit Gundam, I used to think that the first one was the best one, but now I know the third one is the best one. Encounters in Space is the best of the of the compilation movie trilogy. Neither of us know Gundam, so... We know nothing about Gundam, sorry, because it's not about magical girls. Um, <laughs> fair point. So, yeah, Sailor Moon, yeah, awesome, um, awesome Sailor Mother, Moon shit. Mother, do you want to give us our little synopsis of this this freaking movie? <laughs> this freaking movie. I mean, I think well, I, I did give us a meme that describes this movie, like, very easily, but, like, you know... Yes, you yes, Clusterfuck. Um, here's, here's the synopsis. There's two storylines going on. The first storyline is a new big bad is trying to freeze the world. Um, and she uses her naked sky or snow dancers or whatever they're called to try to wreak havoc on the world. We're still not sure exactly when this story takes place. Sometime in the middle or towards the end of season S because she does have the purity chalice. We do not see Sailor Saturn but everybody's friendly so it's kind of weird. We're in that weird awkward phase somewhere I in the ha- middle. There. I have theories. Um, I, we have theories but we just can't exactly place when it's supposed to happen. And we're not experts. We haven't done a million hours of research um, to see what other fandoms say. But the other storyline is the really creepy, fucked up storyline of um, the cat um, falling in love with the scientist. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And wanting to be a real girl because she's in love with the scientist. Yeah. Who is? He, this creepy. is a this is a human man. This is a legit actual person. Yes. And she is just yes. a cat. Luna she's, fall- an, she's an alien. Luna is sick. And he nurses her to health, and they fall in love and bond over Starflakes. He doesn't really fall in love. He's using a cat Starflakes. <laughs> Wait, no, no, but she does. Um, it's it's bizarre that he feeds a cat Starflakes because unless it's something different over there, the Starflakes when you order them offline to get from Japan are sugar cubes basically. Yeah, um, why would you feed a cat eat, we've eaten them. tons and tons of sugar? I, I don't understand. Maybe that's it. She's high on sugar, and that's why she falls in love with him. But yeah, Steven? so she falls in love with him. And he talks about this Princess Kaguya and the moon that he really wants to see. And so she tries to, um, you know, she eventually gets to beat Princess Katulia for him for a night. And it's the creepiest thing ever, ever, ever. Um, Steve- well, let's go through the story. Steven, you had something to say? Um, no. Um, I just got caught up in listening to uh, Carrie over here describe the uh, plot of the movie. I, I thought you said something about Starflakes that I couldn't hear. 
Oh no 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 no. Um, I would I was so I was just saying Starflakes are real. Yeah, I, well, you can buy like this. The, like it's like a crystal candy that you can buy that's kind of like that. Uh, it's oh, the closest get, thing I've seen, but it's like rock candy, but it's in the shape of like yeah. crystals or whatever. They're pretty good. I've never seen anything else. They're really good, but I wouldn't feed that to a cat. No, maybe there's something else that he was giving her, but I don't know. That's the closest thing I've seen. Um, it was weird. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I wouldn't feed a cat, but like I said, she's a crazy cat because. You know, all along we know who her true love is, but she's too stupid to realize that, you know, the other cat might be her true love as opposed to a man who she can never be with. Yeah. At least not on planet Earth. Um, um, worth mentioning about S the movie is that this is the only one that had the most involvement from Naoko Takaguchi, um, the creator of the franchise. She was apparently displeased with the lack of control and involvement that she had on R, which is ironic because R is ob- is objectively and subjectively speaking best of the three Sailor Moon movies. Yeah, this is the one that no, doesn't it, make it sense. Is. Okay, this and is this is actually adapted from uh from a minor side story in the manga called The Tale of Princess Kaguya. This well, this it's even like... worse that if you look at this, some of the scenes look like they just recreated scenes from previous seasons. This like the movie... major fight scene at the end, it's a recreation somewhat of the scene, the battle with Queen Beryl. This movie has like the worst characterization because it just like it changes Luna. She She's just like, she's not who she is in the rest of the show. And it's so weird. It, it, it's infuriating because, no, Luna, you're not coming off like the good guy in this one. Yeah. Um. Before we get into it, I just wanted to give us a little bit of context about the Kaguya stuff and why that's part of this. Because that is a fun little folktale. Um... But don't we already have a moon princess? We don't need more than one. Well, exactly. That's literally what it is. The Tale of Princess Kaguya, um, also known as the Tale of the Bamboo Cutter, because basically she is a weird little magical girl that some some bamboo cutter, he just, he cuts a bamboo and then look, there's a girl. Um, It's fine. Um, And of course he has no children, so he takes her in and, you know... It's it's cool. It's fine. But actually, like, at near the end of the story, you find out that she's actually from the fucking moon. And there's this whole, like, unrequited romance that she has, but it's, like, not a romance with some dude. I think he's, yeah, he's, like, the emperor. There's, there's a bunch of people who, like, fall in love with her. It's just, it's such a weird story. But again, it's a princess of the moon, and that's why it's so. Irrelevant. It's Sailor Moon's story. It's a yes. Sailor Moon. It's, it is one of the stories that Sailor Moon is kind of based on. Except Sailor Moon is more, I'd say, um, it's more the Greek mythology because, like, Endymion is part of um Selene's story in mythology, where she falls in love with a, a guy from Earth, and that's a whole story. But in that, um, she asks for him to like, she asks to look upon him forever, and. Zeus grants her that wish and he is asleep forever and then she has a bunch of kids with the sleeping man. It's kind of creepy. Um Which definitely explains the creepiness that is present in this film. Well there's creepiness in all Sailor Moons, but I still love Sailor Moon. I think I think this this yeah, this film is just like really weird. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, Before we dive into the negatives, I would like to list two positives that I found about this film. First, whatever you can say about this film, the animation is 
gorgeous. The animation was well, very well. Yeah. Sailor Moon always um, has fairly alright animation. animation. So like it's gonna be good. Well, I think. Well, I, well, I think it's also because it had a it had a theatrical budget to play with instead mm. of a of a TV budget. And the other thing that I really liked was the music. I've always been more of a fan of the original orchestral scores used in the TV show and in the movies, and I've sort of fallen out of love with the more '90s um score that was tacked on. I love the '90s score that was tacked on. I like the I like all of it. I, but that's okay. I make an exception for the power of love. The power of love is welcome always because it's just so it's so well. It's good. it's not in this movie, and that's why this movie is not good. <laughs> no, why. this movie's not good for many reasons. Let me be clear. Um, the when they talk about the bad guy in this movie, they say that the thing that stopped the bad guy the last time she came by was the silver crystal that used the power of love to stop the bad guy. And they were like, ooh, I wish What's we had that? that. What's the silver fuck? crystal I wish thing? we had that. Didn't we just go through two, three seasons of the we silver crystal? The f- we know what it fucking is. Serena's we wearing it. it at the time in her a locket. And they're like, ooh. Wow, silver crystal power of love. We'll say, what the fudge? We'll we'll, we'll get that back no to sense. that. But like, I think that is the biggest so fucking gone wrong of this movie, and Ugh. it's probably a problem with the dub. I wanna I wanna yeah, say I, that's me- that's the dub talking, but I don't know. Well, we should watch the Japanese version then to see what it says in Japanese. I don't I don't want to. I don't want to watch like this to movie watch again. I'll do that. I'll do that. Steven, you do that and you report back to us. I just don't want to watch this movie again. We could watch the new dub. (laughs) The new dub would probably be a little bit clearer. Yeah, it probably would be. um, I do have that as well. The new dub is available for free on YouTube, so I'll just watch that. I own it. Um, All right. If it's available to buy, I own it. Let's get into the plot of this fucking movie. Um, There's a plot? There is. (laughs) You know what? There's a lot that I did not write down because whenever it swapped scenes to like um kakaru is that what his name is the 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 name is kakaru 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 yeah Yeah, kakas (laughs) that goes back to another movie poopy kakas yeah 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 let's just call him poopy for the rest (laughs) Um, hey it suits him yeah um whenever i went to like scenes with him i feel like i didn't write as many notes because i was just like why why are we doing this just why every time um because the the whole the other story would be a 15 minute movie um why couldn't this movie follow himiko himiko is so good she deserves better than kakaru wait a minute absolutely that's why i feel that the ending with them like making up and being all kissy and lovey it just rains so hollow to me i mean himiko is an accomplished astronaut who orbited the moon for presumably the first time since apollo 17 back in night she also made it to the moon in two seconds in two seconds, and she came back like a couple of hours later. That's one problem. The second problem is the minute she saw any sign of something that could be Princess Kugulia, oh, I believe exactly what he said. Not thinking maybe I'm just fucking nuts and I've been out in space too long, but oh, he was right all along. There is a moon princess. Don't push back that because there is there is precedent for people scientific to have an interest in the supernatural. I hereby cite Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator of Sherlock Holmes. Hmm. He was a but would you change your entire insight over one incident? Ghost Club. But would you change your entire belief system in one minute over she one incident? She didn't change no. her entire belief system. She was just like, 
huh, maybe he was right about this one thing. She doesn't believe in ghosts now. She believes maybe there is a magical princess on the moon and that's it. Nothing else magical exists. Just that one. (laughs) There's no air on the moon. There's no princess on the moon. Let's be clear. Aliens. Basically, she's like, aliens exist, I guess. Well, we already know aliens exist. Just, you know, watch anything on TV about aliens. They exist, of course. Exist in Tokyo in the Sailor Moon universe. Of course aliens exist. <laughs> Apparently she um, wasn't here for the last three seasons. <laughs> nope. Um, a pl- um, one of my notes here is, um, why hasn't anyone done a Moon Kingdom prequel? Because if the Moon Kingdom was around when Princess Snow, Snow Kaguya first came knocking, we're are they the ones who pushed her back the first time? I assume it was uh, Queen Serenity. I, I assume it was just Queen Serenity was like, nah, bitch. And then just like shown the silver crystal and she just immediately went away. Like just wasn't even a problem. <laughs> but Serena just like didn't notice the problem. <laughs> and that's why it took so long to get rid of her this time. All right. All right. So... We open this movie with a glimpse of the evil ice lady, evil Elsa, if you will. Um, I don't know if she has a name. She's just evil ice lady. At one point, um, Kakaru calls her Princess Snow Kaguya, but I- no? No. That's weird. Um, that, is, that is the only name that we have for her. And also, her character design is preposterous, and I love it. But also, like, her boobs are just out there. Like, she has no shirt. <laughs> So here's a question. Why are there two Princess Kaguyas? Um, because they're... One's they're, good and one's Because bad there actually me. is no Princess Kaguya. That's the secret. Exactly. There is none. Because <laughs> the evil dude is Princess Snow Kaguya, and the princess of the moon, in Kakaru's belief, is Princess Kaguya. So... Yeah, I don't... Spelled I exactly also don't know same. why it's Princess yeah. Snow Kaguya, because, um, at least in the, the original story, it has nothing to do with the snow. So I, I don't know. I don't know I what's going on with that. Because it makes everything frozen. Because everything gets frozen. I'm just gonna call her Evil Elsa. I think I think that's what her name is. Her name is Evil Elsa, and we're oh, just the gonna Ice go with Queen. That. Yeah, the Ice Queen. She's an Ice Queen. Um, I do like how they like keep like close closing in on like her eyes and like like the weird like light in her eyes to be like, ooh, she's evil. Ooh. But yeah, basically, we we get a close up on her, and then there's the big telescope. What's happening? There's a comet, and something fell. And this is this is Kakaru. Fuck. He goes to find what fell, and it's like this little crystal thing. What? It, what is it? Does it look kind of like a flower or something? Like what is it? Just like uh, a, like a oh, weird like you like, might have seen crystal. this before. Yeah, I, I mean, see these same things over and over again. But this time it's like a crystal. It's not like a flower flower. It's like a crystal flower kind of like design thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he takes that. And he's just like, all right, I'll keep it. Okay, dude, you were a scientist. You're trying to prove to people that this thing fell from a comet. Why don't you go to another scientist and be like, hey, like, like, let's la- analyze this thing. Talk to Maybe another person. Or how about you your scientist astronaut girlfriend who probably has magnitudes more credibility than you and she can show it to the scientists and they can figure out what the fudge is going on. Like, I know they I get didn't... a better idea. Take some pictures yeah, of it in yeah, the hole yeah. so people will know it really was in that hole, first yeah, of all. I then know... take it and move it. I know they didn't have video phones, <laughs> but like it would have been so good if he had taken like a video of it falling and then gone to the scene and taken the pictures and all of that and then been like, hey, I found this weird thing. I saw a comet. Um, I think this might be something space related. Can somebody help me analyze this? Just go to go to another scientist. He just takes it home with him and like analyzes it 
himself, and I don't like it. But yeah, when this movie came out, we did have video camcorders. People had camcorders at home. People had cameras that they could have okay. easily taken all the pictures they wanted of this. Not not the digital ones we have now, but they were available. Maybe maybe he options. had something like that. Um. Oh, uh, I also forgot in my notes. Um, I was calling him not Amara this entire time because because he looks just like her. he he looks like Amara. Um, that's his hairstyle. They only have so many hairstyles they can give it men. Would- <laughs> they recite some character designs. But um, not to start rewriting the whole movie yet, but what if Kakaru didn't um didn't show anyone the crystal because he wanted to study it himself because maybe he wanted to boost his credibility as a scientist? I mean, that makes sense. And maybe he was like, huh, he- maybe this means my princess is real. Oh, I have to hold it close to me because she's out there somewhere or something. No, no, no. An asteroid doesn't prove the existence of mythology. Mythology. An asteroid proves the existence of asteroids <laughs> and other elements off this planet. <laughs> he's the stupidest fucking scientist ever to exist. I'm sorry. Th- Maybe I think- he's a Scientologist instead of a scientist. Oh my god. <laughs> I think this podcast, we're just going to say that Kakaru is the worst person. Like, like. Um, he's an idiot. I mean, he's an maybe, idiot. Maybe personality-wise, he's not the worst person, but he's just the stupidest person alive. Yes, he's got a heart. He's just not. He's just not smart. <laughs> he's so stupid, and apparently, he has like multiple PhDs. How? Literally, how? Maybe and he went also, to some. And he's also got a problem with um, um jealousy too. Like oh yeah, like he's so he's so jealous that Himiko got to be the astronaut and he didn't, and it's so. Irritating. I want to know what his well, like wanted to be illness is. He has a vague illness that means he couldn't be an astronaut. What is it? And they never discuss it. They never tell you what it is. It's just, yeah, it's just assumed that you should know, which is dumb again. Yeah, I don't know. I think that this movie was just like, hey, you know what's hot? People being sick and cats being sick. That makes you attracted to people is people being sick and people taking care of each other. And that's the entire romance that this is built on. It's built on him taking care of Luna and Luna taking care of him. And that's it. That is their bestiality. Yeah, it's also be actually it's reverse bestiality because she's the cat <laughs> and she's in love with the human. Human. So here's the question: We know that there's a there's an understanding that on her home planet she would look more like Princess Kaguya. Yeah. What would he look like on her home planet? Would he be a cat or another animal? I assume that people are just people on her planet. I just I don't know. I don't want to think about this. Let's not. Let's go into the movie. <laughs> don't make okay. me think about this. We haven't really watched much and talked much about it yet, so uh, the actual Another story. I um that I am um, have about the movie um kind of relates to all three movies in that the intros for each does a almost perfect job summing up the personalities of each yeah. sailor guardian. I do love that. Yeah, like the next thing that happens is just like the shopping montage where they have like the theme song and like the credits and it's just the girls like hanging out and it's great and yeah, I just I just love the that how they well, do they the thing. They're teenagers. I also love the uh, the um uh, fashions on display too. They're not cringe at all. They're very stylish. Oh, oh mother, didn't you hate something about one of the fashions? I thought there was there was oh, something the, that you complain uh, about. I I wasn't thrilled with the outfit that uh 
Serena was wearing. Between the boots that were slouchy and way too big for her and the fact that she was also in one scene wearing thigh highs, I thought that was a little slutty. It's okay. <laughs> it's 90s, they're but it's always, still kind of slutty. They're always slutty. Like, it's Sailor Moon. They're always going to look slutty. I'm sorry. Yeah, but she's supposed to be the wholesomest one, supposedly. Yeah, and? She's supposed to be wholesome. And how and short are slutty. the skirts they wear? Only when she's fighting, fi- uh, fighting evil. When she's not fighting evil, she wears long skirts. Not always. Sailor Moon doesn't wear shorts. Well, she Sometimes. Sometimes she wears short skirts. Just saying. Okay. Uh, a little slutty. Yeah, they're always slutty. Um. So yeah, we. God, I don't. <laughs> I don't remember everything. Most of my notes are just gonna be fun. But um, the girls are talking and like yeah, there's something about Luna not knowing anything about love that I wrote down. Um, just I th- I think they were talking about like Serena and Darian and Luna being like all jealous. Like, huh? I guess I don't understand love. <laughs> You don't understand okay, love. I got a question. I got a question I want to post to you guys. Okay. Yeah. So we know mm-hmm. that Serene is from the future. And Rini's yeah. cat is Diane. Yeah. Yeah. How is this kid who's a bit the brattiest kid on the show able to keep her tongue and not tell anybody that these because two cats Because it's not important. Together? It's not important to the plot. It is important. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's, no, no, no. <laughs> the whole plot of this movie was to prove that she belongs with Artemis. It's, it's not important. In the grand scheme of things, though, the, at the end of this shows that she belongs with Artemis. And yet we still get another episode next season where we have that question again, and that's the introduction of Diana. <laughs> <laughs> But we in that episode, now. it's all about Artemis, quote unquote, falling for a human. Oh, God. So, well, I'll, it, that was funny, it's a, though. It's a little, it's a little, com- it's a little comforting to know that Luna isn't the only one that forgets. Oh, I already have a soulmate. No, that's the funny thing. So, so to talk about oh, that, ep- to talk about that episode for a second, basically Artemis is actually looking at a church, but everyone thinks he's looking at the hot nun in front of the church. He's like, huh, it'd be nice to get married there. And everyone's like, oh my God, you're in love with that nun, aren't you? How's Luna going to feel about this? And he's just like, what the fuck guys? And that's like the entire episode. They're all mad at him. And Luna's mad at him. And then Diana shows up and she's like, Daddy! And then Luna doesn't realize that that's her kid too. She's just like, oh, wow, you had sex with another cat and that's your kid. It's the dumbest like, really, thing. Really? Because Diana isn't funny. like a few shades lighter of Luna and a few shades darker of Artemis. Hello. It's their yeah, kid. she's literally combined their skin type, their fur type, I guess. Um, but I don't know. It that one is more comical than this movie. This movie is not comical. This movie is dramatic, and that's why I'm like, no, this is not how you play off reverse bestiality. You play it as something stupid it is not and dramatic, funny. Though, <laughs> if it's dramatic, why do we laugh so much, making fun of if it? it was, if it was dramatic, we're n- why? How are we not emotionally invested in it? All we because can they do did is it mock- badly. They did really badly. They did it badly. Mm-hmm. That's why we're still laughing at it. Uh, yeah. So Luna doesn't know anything about love, and then Luna is sick. And my note is Luna has COVID. Um, so Luna, I guess. Fuck you. You invented COVID through this movie. <laughs> Patient zero. Congratulations, Luna. You screwed screw the this world This movie though. invented COVID. <laughs> hey, listen, she gives it to Kakaru, so like... No, Kakaru's already sick, remember? So maybe yeah, he I had know. it first and we didn't know. Oh my goodness, Kakaru was born with COVID. 
<laughs> okay, okay, I'm gonna stop joking about this, but yeah, um, so Luna's walking home. Also, it does make sense that she's, like, sick with, like, a cold or whatever, because she's a cat, but she's, like, not a cat. Why is she affected by human disease? Is it because she's technically a human, but not a human? She's an alien. I'm so confused by this. Just, just all around. Uh, so she's, like, trying to walk home, and she's dizzy, and then she nearly gets hit by a car. But guess who saves her? Kakaroo! Kakaroo! Yay! Ma- Kangaroo! Kangaroo! <laughs> That's my new name for him, Kangaroo. At least, at least we can say this for, um, uh, Kakaroo. At the very least, he knows how to take care of animals. Yeah, no. He gives her sugar. And he, he puts her in his bed with blankets and pillows and whatnot. He it's puts her weird. in his bed. Like, okay, okay. I mean, this is going to happen in a second. But basically, he he puts her in his bed. He snuggles her all up. And then he sits and just waits for her to get better. Like you would, like... A loved <laughs> like one, a person. like an actual person. He treats her like mm-hmm. she's an actual person, and it's very, very weird. Now, didn't he think that maybe someone was missing their cat? No. He also didn't think this... it was weird that she had a crescent bald spot on her head. He's just like, oh, that means your name is Luna. badly ridden. It's like, how is there no quality control on this? Did Takaguchi really have her hands this thick Ta- in the Takaguchi, what the fuck It was all about the doing? animation. What were you doing with this movie? You know, it could have been done a whole different way animated-wise, and then they cut it and repasted it to make it this ridiculous, un- yeah. unpalatable story. There, you never there know what things... it looked like before they edited. We'll get to the things that we do like about this movie because there's like one or two things that we do like but most of it the the actual plot elements are bad so yeah um, notice we haven't talked much about sailor moon no we haven't there's almost <laughs> none of her in this movie that's the problem that's the problem it's a sailor moon movie who cares about the fucking cat it's like not only the titular character is like a secondary character in the movie bearing her own name her friends are the name too no <laughs> element no nothing it's so bad if you didn't know sailor moon and this was your first vision you might not realize what it was what sailor moon's actually about yeah don't want i'm sorry you know, if this is your introduction to sailor moon watch watch a different movie just just don't this is this should not be your first movie okay so okay so thankfully this was not my first introduction to the yeah to you the, said you watched the, the show franchise. Um, that was actually season three, um, season S. S was the first movie. The Kissing Cousins, which is confusing enough for a kid. Oh, yeah. It's just and incest. an adult, really. It's just, it's just incest. <laughs> gay incest. Uh. No, so, well, see, instead of being gay, they had to be incestuous because it's the, you know, no, it's no, the it's, puritanical. It's still gay. They didn't make America. it not gay. They just made it also incest at the same time. Well, they just didn't say it was gay because it's America and Canada. They had to not say it was gay palatable than just than just than just straight up gay but instead they made a gay incest mm-hmm. yeah exactly so yeah um so well, we don't ha- see these characters much either in this movie sorry so <laughs> getting back to the plot so then we have um the first fight between kakaru and himiko um god i hope i'm like actually pronouncing their names correctly i keep trying uh, just call him kangaroo it's easier Kimiko is too is too good for uh, like, Just saying. I I will say I am annoyed with her by like how she's like, oh, you're a scientist. Stop believing in folk tales. Because I'm just like, but I love me some folk tales. Folk tales are great. But y- yes, like the way he's going about things is a little bit 
too much because he's like science and folk tales he's like all of it it's all real and if you don't believe what i believe then go fuck yourself that's 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 basically his stance on everything so he needs to not because be like he's not he is he is a little Guy's bit nuts, nuts. He's nuts. Yeah. He, Kakaru needs to take a chill pill and like maybe maybe Himiko is like not um maybe maybe if he was chill about it she would be like okay like that's fine dude like you do you but like I I don't I don't think that way but yeah I just he's just like a my way or the highway kind of person and I don't love it um but so she like takes the highway <laughs> one of his lines I literally quoted it um he's like whenever I observe the moon I feel a strange but powerful force and I'm like that's sailor moon bro that is the silver crystal I, I, I do have a quote of I, I actually do have a note here um that says Maybe Kakuru is descended from the Silver Millennium or a reincarnation? No, he's not cool enough. I don't th- I don't know if he's cool enough for that. Like may- maybe he's a little bit just sensitive to that kind of stuff. Who knows? You're probably right, but I figure it's still a valid enough possibility to be uh considered. Maybe he just actually I mean, lived in Tokyo and paid attention to whenever Sailor Moon fought villains. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's all over town, but no one seems to know what's going on, except for the kids who all have, like, action figures. Exactly. Um, Here's the thing. We know folklore comes from stories that were told over time. He obviously knows the folklore, and the folklore is based on actual things that happen. Yeah, so then... I forgot his name because I was looking at my notes for a second. Um, Kangaroo. So, Kang- Kakaroo. <laughs> he, he keeps talking to Luna basically like she's a human and it's weird. And then Luna's like, wait, she she almost speaks to him, but she's like, shit, I can't talk to him or that'll be weird. Um, Can't talk. And then like they, they have this whole like non-conversation about what her name is. And he, he guesses Luna, I guess. It, it was funny, kind of, but also it's just weird. Anyway, he gives her star flakes. Uh, the only part of that conversation I found was funny was Luna's reaction when he said, oh, you must have a really good owner. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we just get this look of Serena being her little goofy self and Luna looking mortified. Listen, Luna is, Luna is not owned by anyone. She is a person, okay? She just lives in Serena's house and eats her food. She is a mooch. <laughs> That's all she is. True enough. She's a bossy mooch. Yeah, she is. Luna, get a fucking job. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the whole Starflakes thing, we've already complained enough about that, but that was the next thing in my notes. So, I mean, if anyone knows what Starflakes are besides the candies that we've gotten, please tell me because yeah, I don't it, know where, what, edible by people and by cats. What the fuck is it? I will try to share pictures of them when um when I post this uh, episode I'll, on our social media. I will Google try to it. yeah I will share pictures of it. But that is all we have found is that they're just like little candies and they're just sugar and they look kind of like s- stars I guess I don't know they look like puffs of candy. They're cute. Um so then we get more Ice Lady evil Elsa being evil. And we finally get a fight with the villain, except it's just with the ice dancers. You mean the so, snow dancers? I actually have a note here. Snow, snow dancers? Okay. And um, I feel this rings true now as it did then. The snow dancers are creepy. Oh, they are. They they really are. Also, like the weird little noises that they make. The I don't I don't know how to make that noise. 
creepiest part of it. Okay. Just a side note. Side yeah. note, guys. I just Googled Starflakes, and what comes up is this um, Japanese thing that is not star-shaped at all, but it's like fish flakes. So maybe that's what they're talking about. But it doesn't look like stars. It just looks like strips of skin. It's pretty. You're gross gonna have to sit. You sit, send send me pictures after this. You'll have you'll have to show me what this is. Um, I don't know. But yeah, so we have the the snow dancers. For some reason, I wrote down ice dancers. I don't know. Uh, so we actually have the Sailor Scouts doing things. They fighting. They're fighting. But I also think it's funny that, like, it's just the Scouts and then Sailor Moon and Rainy are just, like, running from one of them while everyone else is actually fighting. Um, I also have another note here. Snow dancers are gullible. I mean... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, I, ha- I have a note about that. Moon, I have a note. Okay. This fight is very funny, actually. I think this this fight sequence might be one of the only good parts of this movie. And then the fight sequence at the end. That's like... The actual plot sucks. The fight sequences are good. So, um... One, one of the things that somebody says, like, she's no Venus de Milo, when, like, they take off her arms and, like, half of her face. And it's also Venus who says that. And I'm like, thank you, whoever dubbed this thank you for that that was good you did a good job um yeah and then there's the gullible moment of the ice dancers where sarita and rini are like look over there and it just like looks over and then they run away around the corner like well let's be clear the henchmen are never smart the henchmen are never smart on these shows they're always a bunch of idiots just like the girls they're fighting (laughs) and then it and then like one ice dancer just like multiplies kind of like and just surrounds Serena and Rini and like just like dances and they get dizzy it's it's a whole weird thing and she's like stop right there and then of course it's behind her is tuxedo mask is competent and has good presentation (gasps) okay Okay, his entrance. I literally. Oh, is filmed this the one the where screen. he comes in on the sleigh? The, I filmed the screen when it happened, and I shared this with friends because I was like, "This is the funniest thing ever. This is the only reason why this movie. I will watch it. It's the only reason why I'll watch this movie. This is Santa like Claus scene, the right? Scene. Yeah, where like we we have we have a cut to like Santa Claus, but like it's regular old Santa Claus on his sleigh, and then it changes, and then suddenly it's a float, and it's like Santa on like a weird blimp thing, and like fake reindeer, but it but it's still Santa, and he's like Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, and, and he a Happy New Year. And he rips off the costume as he says in a happy new year. And it's suddenly Tuxedo Mask. It's like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. But it's the best so kind of ridiculous. Good. It's so good. How stupid it is. I love it with all my heart. Ah, it's your favorite scene dork. in the whole movie. I know. He's a dork. Also, I, of course he's uh, a dork. Also, also, later on during the final battle, he makes a pretty good showing for himself. He manages to single-handedly hold off the snow dancers while the Sailor Guardians perform the all- It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny that they just, like, let him, like, I'll hold them off. And then, like, they're all like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, And he just has his fucking cane. It's just funny. Oh, my God. He is a useless himbo. But, like, he's not even that beefy. He's not beefy enough to be a himbo. But, like, he is a useless himbo. He's just Um, an accessory like Ken. He is. He's a Ken doll. And, like, most of the time, he's just, he's useless. But I love that one scene of him. He's just, he's wonderful. Um, And then, I don't remember how this fight ends. But, like, it ends. (laughs) 
I, I you know, the, fight was, <laughs> the fight was unremarkable other than Santa Claus coming in. That's that's other than that. Say. Also, right. Um the, the other the outer scouts also appear in this fight, I think. Don't they? And they all were together happily. Yeah. Outer scouts had better transformation music. I well, always I've always do. I always love their transformation music. It's like I assume that they have the violin because Neptune's thing is like the whole violin thing. So that's got to be why. It's supposed to be more dramatic too because they're they're like the darker scouts. They're more dramatic. And also, oh, yeah, they they're the emo ones. Did they managed to take down their snow dancer in one go. Yeah, of course they did. They're, they're stronger they're than the other scouts. I love them. They're great. The only one stronger than them is Sailor Moon when she has her shit together, which is not very often. It's not. It's not right now. It's. It's very much not in this scene. But yeah. So they they defeat the Ice Dancers for now. But there's still shit happening. Um. And then I guess Luna goes back to see Kakaru. Um. That's that's what I have down on here. Um. Well. Um. <laughs> She does. She reunites with the um uh, with the scouts in she the does. city, and they notice the yellow ribbon that's tied around her um uh, neck. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Sorry. Luna is back. Meant Luna came back to the scouts. Sorry. Yes, you're correct. Um. So sh- so she got a cute little ribbon from Kakaru. Okay. Why? What was the reason for that? Just so he could know who she was. Again, she has a crescent mark. No other cat has that besides Artemis. <sighs> Just something sweet he did because he likes her. It's still so. It's still weird. Um, of I guess it's weird. I guess the ribbon is relevant for later when she's Princess Kaguya because she still has the ribbon. <laughs> and then he recognizes her. Yeah. <laughs> that, I guess that's the only reason. <laughs> it's still weird. So then Luna starts reading medical books because she wants to find out what's wrong with Kakaru because he's sick, but like more sick than usual because this magic crystal that he has is killing him. It's killing him. him. It's draining his energy like they always do. Luna, you're supposed to be smarter than this, except she never is. But Luna, literally, he, literally, the thing is glowing in the corner whenever he's like, ah, figure it out. That's okay. The girls are stupid too. Cause isn't this around the time when we find out what stops the snow dancers? It's like everyone in this movie took a serious case of dumb pills. They're smarter yeah. than in the TV show for, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. by much, but a little bit. They're a, they're a little bit smarter. They still couldn't figure out who the moon princess was. I love it when the next scene, when the romantic scene happens between Darian and yeah. Serena, and Serena reads way too much into something he says and like yeah. freaks out. Yeah, she does. That's very much her, though. Like she, I know. God. She thinks everything he says is about her, so when he says something negative, he is, she assumes it's about her as well. It's still pretty cute, honestly. Like, like, they still have a pretty cute scene. They're, like, together on a bench, and there's a sunset. I don't know. That's like the and most romantic thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she's very much hanging on him like she does. Yeah, the, the presentation of that scene was very good in terms of the animation, the music, mm-hmm. and the and the vocal performances. Say what you will but about they kiss. the dub. But the actors in that dub had great chemistry though, one and they were, even they though they were never saw each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then right after that we get Luna asking about kissing, which is interesting because she's a cat. Do cats kiss? Is I this have a no thing? Idea. I think the they're version 
kissing is licking each other? Yes, but... Let's not even discuss this further, please, guys. But cats cats licking is also how they clean themselves. So I don't... I I feel like that's... It doesn't equate the same way. Anyway, so... can't even... Now you got me thinking really gross visuals. I don't want to go there. You're welcome. You're welcome. Remember, that cat licks its own butthole and then it licks you. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we have no cats in our house. No cats, no dogs, no Imagine if people did that. (laughs) Well, that would be a really, really flexible person. (laughs) Anyway. There's a movie where someone talks about something similar and a guy dies and I, I just, you know. All right, so Clerks. so how Serena explains kissing to Luna is interesting. Um, it's it's sweet and melting, and Luna's like, sounds like an ice cream cone. It is like an ice cream cone. It's perfect. That's a great description. Darn it! Now I really want some ice cream. I was gonna say kissing might be a little bit hotter than an ice cream cone. <laughs> ice cream cones melt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also had a. I also had a note um, during the scene where Serena and Rini are both asleep on the bed. It's like mother and like daughter. They are literally sleeping in the same position with their mouths wide open. Yeah. Do we do that, mother? Probably. Do we? No. We're not awake to see it. Yeah, that's true. I spread out across the bed. I don't think you do that. <laughs> not usually. Um. The next note I have after that is Artemis has it rough. God, f- this movie... Poor Artemis. Like, that poor, poor boy. Artemis. This movie just takes a dump on Artemis when he never asked for any of this. I, she I've does it never a couple felt, times throughout the series. So I've never felt as now. bad for Artemis as I do in this movie. Like, <laughs> that, that, just that poor cat. Like, Artemis is a saint for putting up with all the crap that he does. Not just in this movie, but in the series. But especially... Artemis... Artemis deserves better than Luna. But wait a minute. I'm going to say this. If you go back, you can talk about the romance. Yeah, he takes a lot of shit in romance, but he also gave them a lot of shit. Do you not remember the whole mission control? Okay, the central, central control. We don't talk, we don't talk about central control. We no longer talk about that on this podcast. (laughs) Yes, but, but see, that was a thing. That was Artemis being an asshole. He could have just stepped out from the machine ages ago. Yet, that only lasted a couple of episodes. Do you know how much shit Luna puts him through? For the rest of the series? Typical. Luna? Woman against man. <laughs> yeah, see, Mother, you're from a different time. In this time, we we actually, like, have equal relationships. And women... Do you? Because you, <laughs> you don't have Women don't have to be like that. They don't have to be like that. You're absolutely right. But he also needs to step up and say, hey, let's get together. Yeah. And then maybe that but would happen But she doesn't give anymore. him the chance. Is the problem. She's a strong woman. She doesn't have time for the bolt, you know. I She's don't know. not, though. Anyway. <laughs> she is. The next note that I have here is ice puns. It took us almost halfway through the movie, but evil Elsa finally indulges in the ice puns as her ice fortress rises from the ocean. <laughs> I love that. No, no, I don't think Luna is a strong woman because then maybe she would have actually, like, fought for Kakaru. How do you fight for a person when you're a cat? You start talking because oh. she can talk. You know what? That would just make everybody You're think like, he's hey. even more nuts if he starts talking about the cat that talks. Just saying. He'd be institutionalized. Because he's the kind of person who would have to tell everybody about the cat that talks because he's not really good oh, about like would. keeping his shit under control. She should talk in front of Himiko and Himiko would just like faint and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Now, what would happen is he would tell people she talks and then to avoid any problems, she would never talk to anybody else and except for the girls and whatever. So then that would just fuck everything up. Okay. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah. So 
Luna goes back to see him. Um, but I wrote down that, like, basically, that in this interaction, he's only talking about Hemiko. Because he's so stuck on her. Mm-hmm. And and then, of course, he falls asleep. And she kisses him. And that's not awkward at all. Mm. Not at all. It's oh, fine. Oy. Totally fine. <sighs> um, and Serena comes in swoons, as Serena does. Um, yeah, the, yeah, this is... I think this is when um Ser- Serena or is it this scene? Yeah, Serena has followed yeah. Luna. Uh and she's like, and "Oh, how sweet. You're in love." No, yeah, no, I point- that, no, I think that's um later on in the movie. Um Ser- This movie isn't that long. When Serena follows um, <laughs> Luna, it's the last time that Luna sees Kakaru before okay. his go to hell. Okay, yeah, but I think Cuz I don't nice. I don't I don't have, like, any other notes in between these things except for the fact that Amara sounds really wrong in this movie. So I guess we we flash to uh, the Outer Scouts at some point. I think this is when they're sitting in the cafe. But, like, God, I don't know what it is about Amara's voice actress, but in this movie, she sounds so different than she does in the show. You are correct. Um, I noticed that... That too. Her her vocals felt way like is she sick or did or did she like did she record this before they recorded the like the season or something? I don't know what it is. She, she sounds, sounds more feminine. Where in the season yeah. she sounds a little bit more non. She doesn't sound specific. as husky and sexy. Disan. <laughs> I like I, I like her better in the show than in this movie, which is another point against this movie. I think we're at like negative points for this movie. Yeah, I mean, why include the why include the Outer Scouts at all if they're just going to amount to basically guest stars when the Sailor Guardians are already feeling like guest stars in the movie bearing Sailor Moon's name? The they si- brought them along so that they can be part of the battery needed to charge up Sailor Moon at the yeah, end. Yeah, the, the main character That's in this it. movie is Luna and like Kakaru and Himiko and then like Sailor Moon and the Scouts are like secondary characters and the then villains guess... are secondary characters the, the villains are secondary crazy. characters sorry Sailor Moon and the Scouts are like tertiary characters <laughs> on that point um, I'd like to go into one of my biggest issues with this movie and it's the fact that Princess Snow Kaguya aka Evil Elsa is a completely weightless antagonist like she just I wants to destroy the world He's so obsessed with freezing the Earth. Do we see any of the, any of the other planets in her so-called collection? What made Earth so appealing to her? Does she? Oh well, she no have, reason. Now I'm gonna say backstory she... that makes her that that led to her obsession with thinking it's just better to go into the ice and sleep. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna make up a backstory for her right now. She's actually uh, Queen Serenity's ex, and that's why she wants to fuck up the Earth because like this over millennium. But she has just, a like, backstory. Sucks. No, she, she has doesn't. a backstory. She her- did this before and she failed, and now she double she's doubling down. I guess that's all it is. She created the ice age. Motivation. Wait, wait, no, she created the Ice Age. I want to get this fucking planet because I couldn't get it the last time. Yeah, that's it. She created the Ice Age and then she was pushed out by the Silver Millennium. Most likely. That would make (laughs) a lot of sense, actually. Well, it's a more compelling backstory than the movie gave her, for God's sake. Yeah. No, I th- I think she's also Queen Serenity's ex girlfriend personally, and but we never see a father for Serena. We never see a king. For okay, okay. For so Queen I was Serenity. I was actually looking at the wikis the other day, and apparently she just doesn't have a father. Like that's that's just like a canon thing that Serenity so she's made a pod her by person. herself. So no. she's like, so she's like um post a clone. Crisis Wonder Woman? She's her um, mom's clone. Ba- basically? Oh god, where can I find this again? I don't know where the fuck I found it, and I should have, like, taken a picture of it and sent it to you. But, like, it was weird. Basically, 
She just doesn't need, she doesn't have a father and Serenity made her herself. Anyway, let's get back to this fucking plot. Finish this fucking episode. There's no plot. Um, so Luna goes back for the last time. Um, Serena follows her and then Luna is listening in on the conversation while Kakaru and Himiko are like talking about the moon thing. They're like, Himiko's like, I'm going to go to the moon. And Kakaru basically breaks her heart to make her go, I guess. Because if he didn't, then she would stay with him. I don't understand she's worried this. about his health. She loves him and she's worried about his health. Uh, and she was willing I to actually, stay and cancel her plans. I actually have a note about that. It says, Kakaru is a jealous jerk. Like, this is where that jealousy thing that I mentioned before really comes to the fold. I don't think the crystal is just affecting him physically. It's also affecting him mentally it's bringing out his worst traits why how is he being jealous though because the whole reason why he's being a jerk to her is because he wants her to go yeah initially i think he was jealous that he couldn't go and she could go but i think at this point he just wants her to go and be happy because he knows he can't yeah. yeah, Luna points out that, like, it's hurting him, like, physically and emotionally to do this to her, but he wants her to be happy and go to the moon. So I don't She'll think be back he's being in five a jerk, minutes. really. No big deal. Well, the well, the well, the, je- well, the jealousy angle is just how I interpret it. For all I know, I could be wrong, and you guys could be right, but that's just how it came off to me. Yeah, I think Luna specifically is interpreting it that um, for the audience that Kakaru is hurting, and that's why he's like, I gotta make her go, so I'm gonna be a jerk to her. Like, well, get the typical. Fuck out. <laughs> It's a typical trope. It's a yeah. very um, typical trope. It happens all the time. But I also don't know why. I have another note that says communication is key. Kakaru could have handled it a lot more healthily than he He, he could have just said, hey, I want you to go. Don't worry about me. I'll be here when you get back. Because she'll be back in five minutes. We're like in Sailor Moon. This is the Sidebar. In Sailor Moon, space. communication space. is always fucked up. Yeah, it is. And watch every episode. They always miscommunicate or don't communicate appropriately season two when tuxedo mask breaks up with her for no fucking reason because he had a dream telling him he had to break up with her because and all it did was fulfill the prophecy that it would destroy everything it it literally did nothing it just created drama because they got back together five seconds later it 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 was everything worse nothing it was stupid uh yeah so basically yeah it he's being dumb um himiko leaves and she cries and then uh yeah serena's also hearing this entire thing because she's like right outside the door and then luna leaves and then luna and serena like cry and hug each other it's like ah we're so sad about him and serena's like oh i guess you really love him also luna wants to be a person and like fulfill his dream of seeing princess kaguya and it's god it's so stupid so so the scouts so scouts finally decide hey we have to defeat this evil ice lady or else we're gonna get a second ice age and this is where we finally start talking about the stupid silver crystal power. I wonder what that is. I don't we know. Have no idea. The power of love. Okay. But it's fight time, guys. It's 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 fight time. And we're going to get like one of the coolest fights here. Uh, so we also find out that Sailor Moon still is the chalice. Um, Which is why we is, can't th- really place the time. This is why at first I was like, oh, I know exactly when this is. Now I'm like, isn't the chalice broken? Is it gone forever? I'm so confused. I, it's not so, gone forever because it's in the future. It's, it's, it's not. A, it's it's a, there. It's a, it's a problem with all three of these movies. You really have no idea where they go in the timeline of the show unless you really do your homework. Yeah. So, so Mother, 
The chalice, it, they specifically say that it's not in the future. There's a picture of it in the okay. future. It's Just not in the future. Just a picture because it's a chalice that she used to have. So, but uh, I'm also going to say that maybe Sailor Moon just fucking brought the chalice back because she can do that. Uh, and also Pluto can Magical. just come... Pluto can just come back because we also know that, like, even though she technically died, um, she's outside of time and she also can kind of control the dead. So, like, Pluto doesn't ever die. Not really. It doesn't matter. Well, I know she comes back because she's in the next season. Like, the, exactly. the other season. Well, not, yeah. not fourth season. Fifth season. Anyway. This season, yeah. yeah. T- time is fake. Death is fake. I'm gonna say that my, my theory is that this probably takes place before the Outer Scouts leave, but, and before Reedy leaves, but after <laughs> After they have their little fight with her. But after they're like, oh, you are the princess. We accept that. But they're about to leave town. And then all this shit happens. So because it was technically winter at the end of season three. So I'm going to say that's probably when this takes place. Yeah. So she stills a chalice. Um, also, then she decides to use the silver crystal. And in this movie, I don't know why, but it looks really gigantic. When she just takes it out. That was my note about it. Like, in the yeah, last movie, it, would, it became a flower. Did like, get a massive power increase? I don't know. It just well, looks it does like get a giant a power diamond. increase. Because she's it's got weird. everybody powering it at once, which is, is kind of more than usual. Usually she doesn't have the know. Outer Scouts helping her power it. But yeah, it does get gigantic and bizarre. But this power Mind up. Blown. This is, well, I think we agree that this is the best power up we've ever seen. Because like they all join hands and then like all their outfits like glow white and they're all joining. And you know, they're united. And also this is when they're like, Tuxedo Mask, I guess you can fight off the Ice Ladies. We don't really care what you're doing right now because we're going to fuck this bitch up. Uh- I still say this is extremely <laughs> reminiscent of the end of the queen barrel the fight scene not it is because except it's not that she's not the princess and they're not there but i mean the whole idea that she stands there holding out the crystal and sends the beam of light to fight yeah it's the exact well, same thing there's that always a beam of barrel. light it's always like that that's literally the same thing as the last movie come on but mm-hmm. in in this sequence i i don't know it it kind of looks like a merry-go-round to me because literally like they lift her up and she's like you know the top of the thing and then they just like start going in a circle around her and i don't know why they're like moving even though they shouldn't be moving okay, they're so like generating power I think that's just the camera move i don't think it is Oh, camera doesn't move on an animation. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, so it's a great power-up. Um, and then suddenly this movie becomes very uh, environmentalist propaganda. Um, <laughs> because she loves for- the planet. She's protecting it from the ice and the freezing by loving She's everything like, about it. The animals and the creatures so and the plants. and about this planet. We love it. We must protect it. All of this stupid shit. And I'm like, why wasn't this what the movie was about? Like, I feel like that should kind of be what the movie is about and not about Luna and the stupid love triangle that doesn't exist. And also less about character assassination. Yeah. God. Yeah. What's worse uh, is, what, the only thing worse than this is when she finally defeats the villain using her all the power, she decides to use a little bit of extra power and make a wish for Luna that Luna could be a real girl. That's the stupidest fucking thing ever. So That's Luna's like those people who are like on Survivor saying, I prayed that God would help me sur- win in Survivor. It's a fucking waste of, of a prayer or a waste of a wish. 
wish for something good like world peace. Don't wish for Luna to be a human for a couple of hours. If Sailor Moon That's wished creepy. for world peace, then she wouldn't have anything else to do and there wouldn't be an anime. Yeah, but um, then she could be a regular girl like she always wanted. <laughs> but there wouldn't be an anime. All she really wants is to and be the a writers, regular girl. The writers would allow that to happen. Um, well, they so, did. There's no more anime. <laughs> except they keep remaking it. Uh, so Luna's a real girl new. and she has an outfit. She sure has an outfit. Uh, mother, oh, yeah, before the outfit. But before the outfit is total nudity with a nipple nipples. But but what's your favorite part of the outfit, mother? Oh, the furry boobs, of course. She's got <laughs> furry boobs. boobs. Oh my God. <laughs> it's your favorite I'm so, detail. I'm so glad I didn't see that when I rewatched it last night. <laughs> the nipples or the furry boobs? Uh, both. Well, the furry oh, boobs the... are kind of clear. I mean, it's yeah, the furry, that black furry, furry pom pom thing right where her boobs are. I mean, how do you miss that? Yeah, that's just part of the outfit. If you look up human Luna, get a picture. Steven, the fact that you're not focused on boobs in an anime is a problem. I don't know. I don't know. What's what's wrong with you? service i care about characters i, I, I you claim to be a straight man watching anime and you're not looking <laughs> at the boobs i don't know fan service is only good when it's done well when it's done terribly is it ever it done well it, it is it ever done well it, it it can be it's just that no one chooses to all right so she also of course has like the little buns the odango buns um because of course like she's related to sailor moon in some way so they gotta have those also and I bare guess, feet cat ears and yes she has bare feet um and this cute little outfit and it's like yellow she's still got the moon it's very cute. And then she goes and she finds Kakaru and then they go flying and she's like, I'm Princess Kaguya. And they just, they fly around the earth, I guess. And they go into space and they don't have to breathe. I don't understand why this is relevant. Why this happens. Uh, magic this bubble? Is so, magic this air is, bubble? Serena didn't wish for that though. She wished for Luna to be human. Ugh. They don't have this power. What the fuck is no. happening? <laughs> yep. I mean, it could be worse. She could be human a la the, the TV show, the live action so, TV this... show where she turns into a little girl with a tail, which is even creepier. This is just like so many levels of like absurd. Um, Yeah, so w- weird shit happens. Um, And then the girlfriend, it's the end of the movie. The, the Himiko, the girlfriend, has come back from space, even though I guess she was there for five seconds. It's interesting how she already made it to the space station or the moon or wherever the fuck she was. Um, Like, before the fight came out because she saw Kakaru, like the light and and Princess Kaguya, she saw that. I don't understand. But now uh, yeah, she's back. Because you know, it it takes time to get to the moon. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I I wanna say she was at a space station. It looked like it was a space station, maybe. No, um no, it was a space shuttle that launched from Earth to the moon, God. even though even though it would it would take it would take days, and I'm and I and, and I'm saying like maybe a week, two weeks for 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 ship to go to the moon and then go back. But it looks like it happens within the span of like twenty four hours. That's how space travel works, Na- Naoko. It ain't instant. No, it isn't. Maybe maybe they should have just had like a little time card or something on the screen to say, hey, a month has passed. I don't know. They should have had some some. Something like that, just to say, like when time had passed. I don't know. It just seemed like she went to the moon in in like an afternoon and then came back the next day. So she's back, uh, it, and it then Kakaru, like of course. It. It, 
only space travel was um, that easy. Cocker Someday. was waiting for her, and she's, like, with a bunch of interviewers, and he's there with flowers, and, of course, she runs over to him instead. And then what happens? Um, Luna drops down some star flakes for both of them, and I guess she's like, yeah, you guys are cute. I'm gonna leave you alone now. Goodbye forever. <laughs> she should leave them alone. Let them have their romance. She's got a boyfriend who's standing right there waiting for her. Exactly. Like literally. And then Artemis right turns the corner and he's like, hey, kitty cat. And he's like, I've been here the whole fucking time. I'm waiting for you. And Luna's like, shit, you are my soulmate. Well, this was stupid. And runs over to him. And that's the end of the fucking movie. God, I hate this movie. This movie is bad. It's so bad in so many levels. I sincerely can't believe this used to be my favorite of the movies. But I think that just goes to show how poor taste I had back when I was younger. Not going to argue with you on that. We had to cover it because we were covering Solomon anyway. Yeah. But like, thank you, Stephen. For being here for this bullshit um, that exists. Sharing the, the, the arguably worst Sailor Moon movie. I just wish I had more to say because I think the thing about this movie that is the most offensive to me is that it's so weightless. It like, does it, nothing. It isn't just the character assassination and it isn't just the fact that the bad guy's motivations are, are, aren't even two-dimensional. It's the fact that you could take this movie out of the continuity and nothing would be lost. It's just a movie outside of the show. That's it. The point is it's a movie outside of the show. That is the point of the movies, to be honest. (sighs) But, like, it's not like it adds anything. Like, like, if you watch Promise the Rose, it adds something. It makes you care about Darien, which you never do. And not only it also gives you a backstory that didn't exist in the previous versions of the story, the Bat movie. Exactly. Exactly. Promise of the Rose gives Darian backstory. It gives us Fiori, who is a wonderful, who is a wonderfully layered antagonist. It gives us the Cassinian Blossom, who is God. Creepy. It gives more stuff to the Doom Tree arc, and like, like if you actually like think about it, it's like, oh my God, Fiori is one of them. He's from the Doom Tree. If you think about it, like that's why. Hey, he's I a Doom Tree Promise kid. of the Rose over the Doom Tree arc. I mean, yes, yes. But he's a he's a Doom Tree kid. He's one of the kids. Yeah, from that but it, Doom but Tree. it gives him more like scuff going on if you if you see the show and you're like, oh my god, he has the same design as them. I wonder, maybe he's like part of that. I don't know. It gives more to his character too. Like if you think about it, but I don't know. This movie does nothing. Um, the the next movie I remember almost nothing. So <laughs> that'll be fun. Um, Believe it or not, I remember too much from this from the from the next movie, and my only regret is that I don't know if I'll be able to join you. Wait, in t- I think. Wait, the next movie, the next movie, right? She has another boyfriend. Rini has another boyfriend. Yeah, that's yes. what it is. Here's the thing about the next movie: it it is the second worst movie that they made. <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's not this. It's not the middle movie. It's the second worst. Second it's not worst. The second movie. best. It's the. We have a good worst. movie and then two shitty movies. I'm just saying. And let me not get even into the live action. Which no, the is live awesome action is wonderful in how bad it is. I love yes. the live action because it's bad. There's only one thing creepier than, than Luna being a human Princess Gagulia, and that's the live action Luna. Every version of the live Every action version. Luna. So- so, Stephen, if you have not seen the Wondrous live action, Luna is... Am, Watch it. I am familiar with um, uh, Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon and Plushy well, plush, plush Luna, yes. 
Well, yes, when for the Fleshy listeners, Luna becomes the little girl Luna, it's really yeah. fucked up shit. For the listeners, Luna is a a little plush cat who talks that follows them around. and and just walks and follows them around like a normal cat would, I guess. Um, and then she transforms and she becomes a little girl because they didn't want to have Mini Moon in here, and she's just a Sailor Scout. Artemis doesn't do anything; he's just still a cat. He's still a stuffy but this, cat, but like he doesn't get a transformation. But the human sail, uh, this, but the human version of Luna, and this is a little girl who has a tail and yeah. licks her paws still. Yeah, she's a furry. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's a that furry. little girl's a furry. <laughs> she's a total furry. It's it's just... It's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's just like bizarre. It's bizarre. But anyway... Franchise is a mess, but it's our mess, and we love it. It's wonderful. She's one of the first. Mess. She's like one of the first magical girls Sailor Moon is, and let's face it, probably one of the most popular magical girls ever. And like I said, the first really popular magical girl for sure. Listen, you know what inspired like things like Buffy, Sailor Moon, because magical girl female empowerment it's good Mm -hmm. shit this movie is just bad though it has none of that um, (laughs) out here um dub held up much better than i thought good good um i do we even have any other gone wrongs i feel like this entire episode has been a gone wrong so yeah listeners if you don't know what I mean, like, this podcast, we go over what went wrong in the piece of media we've and discussed. the whole movie went wrong. The but only like, thing good about it was the animation. That was the only thing good. And not, not the content of it, but the actual animation itself. The visual I of it. I can't. I just can't. This movie should not exist. The parts that I like about it could be added to any other part of Sailor Moon. Honestly. Um. Okay, so, challenge. The best part, the fight scene. That's the best part. The, f- the final yeah. fight scene is the best part. Tuxedo That's Mask. It. So a challenge. Yeah. Um, if we had to remake this movie, what would you do different? Take out everything, everything related to Himiko and Kangaroo Man. No, no. Just how about get this? Rid of them how about this? How about this? We can still have the Kakaroo Himiko thing. We don't have to have Luna falling in love with him. We can always have that be a plot line about the comet because, like, that does kind of make sense with the whole comet thing going on there. But, but, but shouldn't you the can... girls interact with them? Yes. Have the girls interact and they're like what's going on with this comment maybe maybe um i mean amy's a amy wants to be a doctor who would be interested usually, in like space which who would that i'm want- just saying usually in the plot lines what happens is they accidentally bump into someone or yeah. show up at a planetarium mm-hmm. or something and something's going on and they get more interested and talk to the person who's dealing with it um and that's how they get involved in in the story with these protagonists and this one basically that all happens completely separate of what the sailor scouts are doing and the only yes. way they mingle is when sailor moon follows luna to meet the guy who gave her the little ribbon. Steven? Um, and would you, and the only other stipulation is that you would still have to find a way to incorporate the story of Princess Kaguya into this. And this is where well, I actually want to throw in an idea. What if Princess Kaguya in this universe is basically humans attempting to re, to interpret the memories of the Moon King? That's exactly what I'm, it's supposed to be. I'm just And then it say, just goes crazy. So, so Kakaro can still have a whole thing for um, Princess Kaguya or whatever. But like, at the end, he can just realize... Oh my god, it's Sailor Moon. And that's it. Um, well, because Sailor Moon should be the... I just... I think the other thing that really is stupid, and I don't know if this is in the Japanese version because we haven't seen the Japanese version. The villain and the princess that they're looking... That, that he wants to meet 
should not have the same fucking name. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they call their princess Snow Kaguya, because that has nothing to do with Princess Kaguya. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to say, like, yeah, the way we could have, like, the girls get involved is, like, somebody's, like, really into space now, and then they get into, like, this whole comet shit, and that's how they meet Kakaru and Himiko, and, like, I don't know, maybe one of them wants to go up to space, and they really, like, like Himiko, and they're like, oh my god, she's so cool. Or maybe it's Serena. I don't know. But, like, there could be a whole connection there with the girls and with the scientists. Don't have it be about Luna and a stupid love story. That was the stupid part. Or better yet, actually focus on Luna and Artemis and have them going through, I don't know, couples therapy or wondering whether or not they're really meant to soulmates. You know, okay. give them care. Steven, Steven, nobody in media goes goes to therapy. I, I think I it's, it's a problem, but no one in media ever goes to therapy. Therapy. And that so, is a problem. <laughs> who would do couples therapy for Luna and Artemis? I think Serena is their couples therapy, and that's why they're having problems. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the answer here. Oh my god. So we've talked about this to death. So let's 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 get on with um our things. Um Steven, I don't know if you would uh like the people to be able to find you on the internet or if you'd like to stay anonymous. That is up to you. Um uh, I'm gonna say is if hmm that is an honest question because I don't know I've been thinking of starting a podcast of my own I don't know if I'm actually gonna do it if I do I'll let you know um for now I'm just gonna stay anonymous unless I'm invited onto other people's podcasts coolio coolio um well that is that is steven he is he's a good buddy of mine um yes um in fact um to close this out on a positive note i actually believe it was talking about sailor moon that kind of solidified our friendship it was it was in that was literally how we started talking is that uh you started talking about your sailor moon fanfic and i was like okay I'll listen. I'm interested. Yes, um, specifically, Sailor Moon Star Wars crossover fanfic. Yeah. And then he gets, he starts talking about the Star Wars stuff, and I'm like, okay, I know some things about this franchise. <laughs> um, and, uh, but yeah, um, if it wasn't for Sailor Moon, um, I would not have met this wonderful person who I now consider to be one of the best friends that I've had, um, in recent years. Steven, do not make me cry. We are recording. This is not the time. Okay, so, <laughs> if you guys would like to find this podcast, we are, um, we're at Fandom Gone Wrong on Twitter. We're at Fandoms Gone Wrong on Instagram and Facebook. You can send us an email at fandomsgonewrongpod at gmail.com. Um, if you want to find me specifically, I'm at GreenPixie12 most places, except for Twitter, where I'm at GreenPixie123. Um, oh yeah, I, I have an art Instagram that's at GreenPixieDraws. And I also have a YouTube that's uh, Charlie Mack, M-A-C-K. Mother, hello? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Uh, what um, is your one place people can find you? <laughs> uh, I travel plenty by Carrie on Instagram. Yeah, if you want to go places safely, uh, especially or what, theme see parks. pictures of cocktails. Yeah, or just see pictures of cocktails. Um, you can follow her and find her there. Uh, she's a travel agent. Pretty cool. Hi, my name's Sam, and I've recently become an adult. But why does adulting have to suck? Join me on my journey to rediscover the joy of following your passions as an adult and discuss it with people who are doing just that. I'll sit down with a variety of people from all walks of life and ask the important questions while trying to figure out what does it really mean to adult. Whether you're a pro or haven't even started, come and listen wherever you get your podcasts and hopefully you might learn a thing or two.
yeah. And oh god, I, I just realized I have to figure out what's happening next time. Um dooby 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 doo. Well, the next when is episode. This coming out? Huh? It's coming out soon. Uh the next Okay. It's coming out next week. Um oh. so the next episode of this podcast is going to be um a Pride Month episode because it's June coming up. And your choice, mother, what was your choice again? It was Debs. This, it was this very interesting lesbian movie that we will talk about and I will gush it's over. A spy movie. God, it's kind so of. it's so funny. It's it's stupid in a fun way. I love it's it. It's bad and good. It's bad and good. And um, not gonna, it's not I, it's not I, well I made. That assessment. I believe you were the one who introduced me to Debs, Charlie. I, I did make you watch Debs. Debs is wonderful. I love watching Debs. It's a train wreck I have to watch whenever it's on TV. It's good. If you if you like enemies to lovers, watch Debs. Um, also, and also listen to our episode next time. Also, it's worth mentioning that the director of Debs, Annual Robinson, later directed the amazing biopic Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. Which That's covered interesting. The, which covered how William Moulton Marston, um, his wife, and their lover all created the character of Wonder Woman. So, in other words, she d- directs gay things. Um, yes. That, that's pretty gay. Uh, yeah, so thank you for joining us. That is all uh, for now. It was, an ap- it was an absolute pleasure to be here, and I hope I can find time and space to rejoin you guys soon. Thank you, Steven. Uh, nice having you. We love you, awesome nerds. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye.